Welcome to Remnant Christian Center's podcast. We hope you are encouraged by this message. I'll tell you about our transition, and I'm going to back up and tell you the story. I, I'm a teacher. I like to just go in and teach the word. It's, I ran a ministry school for a lot of years. It's my passion. But there's something about releasing the prophetic word of the Lord when we understand that the teaching through the main and plain of the scriptures, how it connects with the prophetic thing that God is doing in us right? You've been talking for weeks about the unstoppable force of the word of the Lord. And I want us to see, we sometimes think it's risky to step into the prophetic call of God. I want to change that mindset that it's risky not to step in to the plan of God for your life. It's risky to not step into faith. People talk about it's so hard to follow God. No, 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 friends. It's so hard not to follow God. With him is life, with him is favor, with him is joy. It's so hard not to follow hard after Jesus. And we have this idea that stepping into the prophetic call of God is going to be costly, and it is. It is. But it's more costly not to step into it. Amen? He desires to change our mindset that we see the easy thing is coming close to Jesus. The easy thing. What does he say? Come to me. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. Why do we not believe him? It's easier to stand on the water than it is to stand in the boat if the command of God is for you to stand on the water. This is the truth. Amen. I'm preaching definitely to myself because I'm out on the water. But it's good. The water's fine. Come on in. It's good. You know, uh, I had gone to, um, what's that called, that thing in October that I went to? Yeah, it is that. Awaken the Dawn. And Lou, did you guys know about that in October in Washington, D.C.? A couple of us. And uh, Lou did a thing the next day. It was like a whole women's day of prayer. Honestly, I didn't want to go. Is that bad? I didn't want to go. I just, I didn't really want to get all stirred up because I was in a season of frustration. And sometimes we don't want to hear the list. Like, I know what you're saying. I just don't know how to do it. I don't need to hear it again. I need you to help me step in. Am I in the right place? And so I had this, I, you know, Lou invited me. I said, yeah, not really resonating. I actually said to him, it's not really resonating with me. I mean, it was ridiculous. I was just in that bitterness of soul. And a friend of mine called me and said, hey, uh, uh, you should come to this. I've got a free hotel room for you. You don't have to pay for anything. Just come. She hounded me to come to this thing. I told her like 15, I'm not kidding, 15 times I didn't want to go to this event. And she kept saying, I think God's got a plan for you. Then like the next week, somebody from our church gave me a free flight and said, you have to use this in the next two weeks or it's going to be gone. I just, God, you know when God's doing something? So I go to this event and, you know, it was awesome. There's nothing not awesome about the event. It was uh, um, state tents and four days of 24-7 prayer on the National Mall. It was so cool to see what God's doing in the nation. And uh, the next day I was there and Lou was doing the women's event and I was kind of off to the side, not just out of rebellion, but um, I've had a couple of back surgeries. I didn't want to get jostled. 
And so I'm off to the side. I'm by the carousel on the National Mall and uh, by the con concession stand. I mean, not the most spiritual place I could have picked for a 12-hour prayer meeting or whatever it was. And there in the middle of this prayer meeting, there was a segment where one of the House of Prayer leaders got up and she was talking about George Washington and the prayers of his mother. And the, the prayers of his mother carried him to win a war that should have been unwinnable and carried him into the presidency. And anyway, she's talking and suddenly, I mean, you could feel the spirit of God rolling over the concession stand, right? I mean, it was just all these grandmothers and me and just the spirit of God began to hover. And Lou gets up and goes, we need to pray. We need to, you know how he does. We need to pray. Women, come on. There's nothing like the prayers of a woman, you know. It's the prayers of a mother that's shaken the nation. I mean, all that stuff. And you just get kind of carried into, I don't know if it's the voice or what, but you're like, yes, I'm totally in. And so we began to pray. And I haven't been in a prayer meeting like this in a long time where the spirit of intercession rolled in and suddenly we weren't praying our own prayers. We were praying the prayers of God for the sons and daughters of America. And I began to cry out, and I mean, I am ugly weeping. Not pretty weeping, I mean, not just pretty tears sparkling on my cheeks. I mean, the kind of crying where you're like heaving a little and snots everywhere, and I am weeping for hours. I mean, just we were caught up in this moment of praying. And uh, I started to pray for my children and the children of our church and the children that any ch child I know, I'm just, God, raise them up. God, do it. God, do it. And God spoke to me and said, you think, you think, Leah, that you're going to graduate your children. I homeschool both of our children. That you're going to graduate your children from school and then you're going to set out back into the thing you know I've called you to do. That's what you think. And it was exactly what I was thinking, but I had never said it. I didn't even know that's what I was thinking. And he said, and I saw a picture, and we were standing in the nations, and the stadiums were filled, and my children were there. And the Lord said, if you won't step into what I've called you to do, when I've called you to do it, they will never step into what they're called to do. You don't preach about stepping into something. You step into something. There's a vast difference. I was cut to the heart. I knew exactly what he meant. You know how God does that, right? He doesn't say everything. You just already know. It was time for us to step out. And I was terrified of stepping out. We've been pastoring Resound for over 10 years. And it just, how, how, how do I do this, God? How do I do this? How can I do it? How, how am I, God, how are we going to live? I mean, like the practical stuff starts to kick in, right? I mean, can we be real here? See, there's, there's all this fluffy talk, but the behind the scenes where you're like, but that's, that's how we pay our rent. Like, I... How does all of this work, God? I mean, I'm saying, yes, I know it's you. I feel it. I feel the fear of the Lord. But God, how do I step into this thing? It's terrifying. Anybody who tells you that the word of the Lord is only great, they're not telling you the other half. It's also the great and terrible day of the Lord. It's a, it's a, it's a lying in the sand moment when you're hearing from God. Yes? Am I in the right place? Yes. It's why we don't step out. 
It's why. It's, it's terrifying. Yeah? I don't even know what I was talking about. Huh? <clears throat> yeah, the day of the Lord. I got all excited for a minute. I came home. I told Larry. This is what the Lord said. Oh, this is what the Lord said. And Larry said, oh. <laughs> That weekend, our pastors happened to come in town actually to preach at OHOP. You might know the Millers, Jerry and Joe Miller. And so they called and said, hey, can we stay with you? We said, sure. It was a divine appointment. This is like three or four days after this major turning point word in my life, although not knowing how to step into it, but just knowing it was the Lord. And Jerry and Joe happened to be in town, and they said, you got to step out. You've got to step out. If you won't step out, you're going to die where you are. I mean, just begin speaking this to me. Again, it made me miserable. I know, I know. I just don't know how. I don't know how. I don't know how but I know. I drove them to the airport. On the way home from the airport, I began to um, tell the Lord, you're terrifying me. I love you, but you are terrifying me. I say yes to you, even though I don't know how to say yes to you. I say yes to you, but I'm asking you one thing. I'm asking you a very specific thing. They say, only cowards ask for fleeces. So I asked the Lord for a fleece. <laughs> if this is you, if this is really you, if this is the timing, I'm not, I know it's you, but if the timing is now, if you're saying do it now, do it now, do it now, then Lord, I'm asking you to have Lou Engel call me tomorrow morning at 1030. Tomorrow, have him call me in the morning. Have him call me, Lord. If this is you, now... I do know, Lou, we're friends, but it's not like we chat. You know what I'm saying? We, we, when there's big assignments, we talk about the big assignments. And so anyway, I came home from the airport, and I'm miserable with the word. See, the word's like a pregnancy. It's like, get it out. I mean, it's, it's <laughs> you're swollen with it. You can't sleep. You know, you, you know. Um, so I told Larry, I told Larry that night, I said, um, yeah, so I asked the Lord for a very specific fleece, but I'm not going to tell you what it is. But if this is him, if the timing of this is him, we need, to, we need to say yes. But we need to also be sure this is him. And I asked him something very specific, and, and Larry just looked at me, and he goes, okay. And he walked out, and he goes, God, answer this woman's prayer. Like, help this woman. And I didn't want to tell Larry because if you know Larry, and some of you do, Larry would have just called Lou and been like, Lou, just call my wife tomorrow. And I didn't trust him. So that's why I didn't tell him. So anyway, the next morning I woke up. Honestly, I kind of forgot about it. I did forget about it. I was in my school day and you know, just doing life. And uh, right in the middle of school, I looked down at my phone, and there is Lou Engel calling Woo! my phone. <laughs> and I didn't want to answer. I mean, I just... 
was just the exact, you know, when you ask the Lord to, to give you specific confirmation, he's not against this. He loves us. He knows us in our weakness. It's really what Peter did, right, when he was being called out onto the water. He says, Jesus, if it's you, if it's you, just command me to come. Like, I'm willing. I'm a jumper by nature. But God, just so I know it's you and not my foolishness and not just my own desires, call to me so that, God, I'm not stepping on the water. I'm stepping into the command. Peter knew something about the word of the Lord. It's not foolishness. It's not even cowardly. To ask for a fleece. Not really. I'm just teasing about this. But there's this call from Lou Engel. It was right there. Before I even picked up, I told the Lord, yes, we'll do this. We'll step out of what we've been doing and the security we know and have and what we've been doing to step out into the unknown because your word is my security, God. Your word is what sustains us. Your word, God, is what upholds us, God. We trust you in this. Hallelujah. Amen? Hallelujah. So, we shut down Resound. To the cheers, quite honestly, of our community, who knew and has been corporately carrying this call with us to fill the bowls, to go see stadiums filled with the glory of God. It really wasn't much of a surprise to them, although, of course, we all have our feelings about the transition. But our church was supportive of the call of God that we've carried together faithfully for 10 plus years. Amen. And so here we are stepping out onto the water. And I can tell you the water's just fine. The word of the Lord is an unstoppable force. It never returns to him void. If he has promised you something, if he has directed you in something, he will uphold it. He will uphold it. It's who he is. He binds himself to his word. These things are inseparable to his heart. Jesus is the word of God. It's who he is. If he's promised you something, count on it. Now, how do we step out into these things? And that's really the story I want to tell you because that's just the highlight of our transition now. But this is an ongoing story of 10 plus years of God directing us and us feeling our way almost like blind men trying to feel our way on the boundaries of the word and knock on the doors to see, is there favor to step in now here or here or here? You don't just receive a word and say, Cool, if it's the Lord, it'll just come to pass. It's not how the word of the Lord comes to pass, friends. It's not how it works. We receive the word of the Lord, and then like Mary, we treasure those things within our hearts, and we're looking for their fulfillment and how to step into agreement with those things. <clears throat> it's partnership. Amen? So, Resound's first year, <clears throat> which was... That one's cold. Can you open this one? <clears throat> you told me about that and I forgot anyway. Resound's first year. <clears throat> we weren't a church, actually, we were a ministry school. And on my way into class, I was passing the citrus bowl, as it was called back then. What's that road? I always forget this. John Young Parkway. You're kind of looking over uh, the Citrus Bowl. You know that road? I had never thought about stadiums before. 
I've done small groups and small stuff my whole ministry life. Small is the new big, right? It's where you see the real life of God encounter people. So I need you to know that about me. It's not like I'm pursuing big things for the sake of big things. I'm pursuing big things because of the call of God. There's a difference. And so as I'm passing the citrus bowl, a voice behind me, an audible sound behind my head said, Leah, fill the bowls and I'll pour them out. This is why I'm telling you any call of God is terrifying because every call of God is terrifying. He doesn't call you to something you can do. He calls you to something you know from the beginning. You absolutely cannot do it. I feel like that's the test. That's just the test. If it's in your power, if it's in your anointing, if it's in your personality, if it's, it's not the call of God. The call of God is always, it's like right on the edge of, please don't be the call of God. It's right on the edge. Please. Please, please, please don't mean this. Leah, fill the bowls and I'll pour them out. That was it. I was undone, shaking. I arrived to, uh, to um, resound a little late because that's also my tendency. And they had already started the prayer meeting. And they were singing about Revelation chapter 4 and 5. You know what's in those chapters? It's the last song we were singing today, right? It's like, glory to God in the highest, all power, all glory, all dominion belong to you. It's that, that atmosphere, the prayer meeting of heaven, and they're singing those songs. And then there's a portion that says, you filled the bowls. The saints are holding these golden bowls, right? It says, fill the bowls with the prayers of the saints. They are singing that when I walk into the room. And I'm Oh, God. And I had this thought, like, maybe God means fill the bowls of heaven with prayers of the saints. And that's awesome because nobody can measure that. Not even me. It doesn't mean stadiums. It just means, Leah, be part of the prayer movement. See how we try and wrestle with God for something we can accomplish. Not even in our strength and our weakness. But here was this word, right? And there was this understanding developing that this is about heaven and earth being connected for the last outpouring before the return of Jesus, this great awakening that's been prophesied for so many years. Yes? And there, in this place, I just began to consecrate my heart silently, not sharing this. God, I don't know how to say yes. I just say yes to you. That night I come home, and Larry had on ESPN. Very spiritual. And they were doing a story right when I walked in on the, on the news of the East Coast bowls being refurbished, that all this money on the East Coast was being put into stadiums with hotels and restaurants and the building up of what God was about to do. There was going to be a new move happening in stadiums. I mean, that's on the news. I, I felt sick to my stomach. I heard it and just thought, please don't be, don't ask me to do this. I know like 30 people. I'm serious. I still know 30 people. It's like, God, please don't be this. Please don't, don't be asking me this. I can't do it. God, I mean, it was just this, he's coming at us going, don't spiritualize what I'm telling you to do. 
there's a spiritual element to be sure. But Leah, when I told you to fill the bowls, I mean stadiums. You need to give your life to this. I go into my bedroom and I just begin to cry out to the Lord. I said, God, I give you my yes. I don't know how to do it, but God, I just give you my yes. I typed in, I Googled, this is now 10 years ago, but I Googled stadium vision, hoping to see an aerial shot of the stadium the way I did when I walked through, uh, was driving past the Citrus Bowl. And the first thing that came up on Google 10 years ago was a word by Paul Kane. The number one thing on Google was titled stadium vision, prophetic word by Paul Kane, which was given couple decades ago, maybe 30 years ago, he was driving from a conference in North Florida to South Florida, and he had an open vision of what will be known as stadium Christianity. He said that people will gather from all over for night and day prayer. The news reports, the reports will stop reporting the news. They, They will come to the stadium and say, who's running this? And the answer will be, we don't know. It's the nameless, faceless generation. And there'll be people getting raised from the dead on this corner of the stadium and people being healed on this side of the stadium. And the news reporter will come on and say, it's nothing but good news here, folks. It's nothing but good. I'm listening to this recording from 30 years ago and the Lord says, you're stepping into this prophetic word now. How crazy is that? We began to pray over years and years with our team at Resound, and then we're doing what everybody does. You're, you're knocking on the door to see where your favor lies for such a word. And so we decided, let's go on a tour of all of the stadiums in Florida. <laughs> we're a peculiar people, right? Christians are weird. I feel... We need to be okay with this, right? People are like, what are you doing? We're like, we don't really know. We're just going to pile like 30 kids into some vans, and we don't have a plan. We're just going to go to all the stadiums in our state and just declare, stadium Christianity, God. That was our plan. And that's about all that happened. We got into all of these stadiums. I mean, that was a miracle. And then Larry would take his shofar. And then, I mean, everybody would turn. God, fill the bowls. Fill the bowls with the next move of your spirit. Too big for any one church. God, fill the bowls. And then, God, what you do in the stadium, pour it out over a region. Pour it out over cities. Friend, the stadium isn't the big thing. The stadium is the prerequisite for what God will do in the city. There we just began to do these weird assignments, just knocking on the doors, thinking this is crazy. We're crazy. Glory to God. Yeah. Healing the sick, raising the dead, casting out demons, these are crazy things. Unless you're part of the kingdom. And this is normal. This is normal. God's got to re- re-educate us on normal. Began to have all of these words about Reinhard Bonnke. This was before the crusade. We, we didn't know him. And 
Uh, but God just began to give us dreams and visions that something was going to partner with Reinhardt Bakke in the city. And that's what we began to pray in all of our prayer sets. God, fill the bowls, pour them out, use Reinhard Bonnke. God, do something in our city. Do something like you've done in Africa in our region, God. Do something. You're just praying. You're just feeling along with your word. And listen, this doesn't go on for a week. This goes on for years. It's why it's easy to abort it. Because while you're in the delay of letting it grow to full stature, the enemy is right there going, you are insane. Who do you think you are? Nobody knows you. Nobody cares about. I mean, come on. What authority do you think is on your life? You're in a warehouse. I mean, these are the real things that come at you. And it goes on for years and years. And you're going, am I pregnant? Like, am I even pregnant with this thing? One of the girls, Marsha, uh, who's here, her daughter had a dream that we were pregnant, but nobody could see we were pregnant. And then one day, one day, it was like full term. And I took that as hope, like, even though it looks like nothing's here. God, I trust you're doing this thing. You're, you're, you're enlarging us, the plate of our tent. You're enlarging us from the inside out, though nobody else can see. I trust what you're doing in us. Yes? So one day I'm cleaning out this bookcase. Sweaty like you are when you're cleaning your house. Right? Not really spiritual. Annoyed that I'm cleaning. And I'm pulling all the stuff out of this bookcase. And one of the things I threw out happened to be a magazine by Reinhard Bonnke. And I took note of it and kept throwing stuff away. And I heard the Lord say, pick up that magazine. Read it. And I picked it up and I began to read his article. And he talked about when he was young, how the resources for his nation would come in on these big barges. And the tide would go out. And no amount of manpower, no amount of human machinery could move these resources. There was nothing that he could do to, or anyone could do to move the resources. But when the tide would come in, he could put his little boy foot on that barge and begin to shift the resources for the nation. And in the article, he says, some of you need to discern that the Holy Spirit has come in again on your life and you need to put your foot on the barge. And I started, I started, you know how you do, started praying all like just all fired up. I'm putting my foot on the barge. I'm, and then it dawned on me, I had no idea what the barge was. Don't you feel like that sometimes when you leave prayer meetings, you're like all in it. And then you like get to your car and you're like, what were we even praying? Like I, I was awesome, but I could not even tell you what that prayer meeting was about. Right? So there I was. What's the barge? God, what's the barge? We need to ask God questions. He says, um, call the citrus bowl and ask them to give it to you. for free (laughs) and I said oh no please 
want to pray about the part without putting my foot on the part. I don't know why I do Lou Engle whenever I get excited about prayer. It just happens. I've never done it in front of him. That'll be my next step. So, so, I call the citrus bowl. Thank God no one answered. And I left a message on the machine or whatever it was, their service. And I, I mean, I'm sure I sounded nervous. I was shaking leaving this message. Like, it's ridiculous. Come on, ask them to give you a stay. I mean, I, I, just, I don't even know what I said. But I just continued, I hung up, continued praying. About 10 minutes later, I get a call on my phone, and it's from that number, so I know that it's them. And I don't know, I have a thing when anybody's calling me, I don't want to answer. And I went through it again. Oh, God. I pick up, and as soon as I pick up, the man says, girl, this is how he, this is how he spoke to me. Girl, and he starts laughing, and he said, what do you have up your sleeve? And I said, I want to have an evangelism event in the stadium, but I want you to give it to me for free. <laughs> I mean, not cool at all. <laughs> I, I mean, how do you say that? How do you even, how do you request such a thing? And he, he was silent, not a great sign, for a few seconds. And then he said, you know, Orlando's move, Orlando is due a move of God. And he said... I've worked here for 29 years, and no one has ever called and asked me for the stadium for an event. And he said, Orlando's do a move of God. Today, I'm putting it in writing. The stadium's yours. You're going to, how crazy. Yeah, this is like four or five years ago. And I, I mean, I thought, what is this all? I mean, this is all I had to do. I've been carrying this word like six years already. And all I needed to do was put a call in. See, this is the thing with prophetic words. They have to grow within us so that our faith can catch up to the word. There's nothing wrong with the word. All of the potential of God is in the seed of that word. It's, it's there. The process is us enlarging for it to come through us. Do you see what I'm saying? So now we had the stadium, and I still knew 30 people, and I had no money, and I had, I mean, just how do we do this? That's how we actually connected with Reinhard Bonnke. We went and said, well, we got the stadium, so you want to do something? <laughs> and we put our dates on the calendar, and Daniel handed us the book of how to, how to plan a crusade. There's a manual for that. <laughs> it's not funny. I remember him handing us the manual and saying, yeah, so go start it. Go run it. The dates are on. We're good. Go for it. And just being like, what? This is insane. And so for a couple of months, we were pressing. We were, do we were doing the beginning phases of that. I was, happened to go into Mexico to do a, a conference there, and it was for the House of Prayer movement, and there were lots of houses of prayer involved there. And I was talking to the House of Prayer about moving from the place of just praying for something to stepping into the thing. These are things that God delights for us to pray, but he wants us to see. He's giving us that burden not for somebody else. It's for us to step into those things. Those things are, are, are in seed form within us. Amen? 
And so I'm preaching on this, and it, you know, I'm talking about the stadium we got and Reinhardt Bonnke and blah, 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 blah. And the last session, I got an email right before I preached the last session. I got an email from the guy who was at the stadium, not the, not the nice guy, but the, but the, uh, but the uh, logistics guy. And he, and he wrote me an email, and he said, uh, hey, we've had to wipe your date off the map. Uh, the stadium is being refurbished a year early. And so, uh, yeah, you don't have the stadium anymore. I was devastated. I mean, devastated. What are you talking about? I got the stadium. I put my foot on the barge. Give me the stadium. I mean, I didn't even believe the guy. I started researching. No, I'm sure he's just taken us off the map because he doesn't want our Christian thing. I mean, you know how you get all bitter and mean. And lo and behold, no, they were refurbishing the stadium, and everybody's dates had been wiped off for that year. I couldn't even talk about the word for, for like nine months. I couldn't talk about it. I just, I was in the distress, bitterness of soul, just disappointment. God, what was all of that about? I mean, we, we obeyed you. God, we obeyed you. Do you ever get like this? See, this is where we want to turn back. And friends, maybe some of you are here and I want to tell you, you've got to keep going. Keep going. I know you don't see clearly, but you've got to keep going in the things that God speaks to you. There's ebbs and flow. There's seasons of these things coming to pass. Oh, I was in such distress. I just thought, you know what? I'm not even talking about revival anymore. I'm not even going to talk about awakening anymore. I'm not going to do it. I'm so tired, God. Find somebody else. Is this how you talk to God? Just pick somebody else. Give it to George already. He's happy. God. And he is going to give this to you, George. Because you're happy. The distress of delay. The distress of it. It's a real season. Yeah, I can spot it on people. Right? There's nobody more bitter than somebody who's who's in this season with their prophetic word. I mean, they just, they have an aura like, don't talk to me. Don't touch me. Don't hug me. No, I don't want to go to your connect group. We, these are real seasons. They're very real seasons. Well, about nine months after this all happened, I had another dream. And in the dream, uh, uh, there was somebody there who was saying, hey, Reinhardt wants you to take, uh, he's going to go on a trip. He wants you to steward his house for a while. And I just was in the dream annoyed. He said, you want a tour? I said, sure. We go on this tour the whole time. I'm annoyed with the tour guide. Like, whatever, this isn't going to come to pass. It's just, I'm, even in my dream life, I had become so bitter towards this word. And I woke up. I mean, that's the gist of the dream. I woke up, and the next morning, Larry's making eggs. And uh, I said, I had a dream last night. And I told him. And then I said, you know what I'm going to do with this dream? Nothing. If Reinhard Bonnke wants me, he can call me, which seemed really unlikely. Really unlikely. I was just so angry. Like, I don't want another word, God. (sighs) My last pregnancy didn't work out so well. I don't want to conceive again. I don't want it. Listen, I'm coming after you if you're in this season. You're going to conceive again. You're going to conceive again. 
you're going to conceive again. You're going to, the, the, what is it? The children of the barren woman are more, are more, are more, are more. I'm speaking to you. Listen, you don't have to be a woman to receive this word. Those men, you've, you've held on to a word and it's embittered you because of the delay. I'm speaking to you right now. The Lord is going to cause you to conceive again. And you're going to go full term, full term, full term with this word. Told the Lord, Reinhardt wants me, he can call me. And Larry took a step away from me because he felt the fear of the Lord. <laughs> it's true. The next morning at 8.30 a.m., guess who we got a call from? Not Reinhardt, C-Fan, who said, hey, we just got the arena, and we want you to work with, with us on building what's happening in Orlando. That's how we met George. Was it exact fulfillment? No, because there's more coming for our city. But it was God saying, Leah, even in your bitterness, I'm coming after you. Why do we get so bitter so many times with the Lord? Why do we get so angry? Because in truth, we're longing for God to fulfill his word. When I see somebody bitter, I don't write them off. I'm like, those were the people who were longing for something more. And they got hurt in the process. Don't write off your neighbor for being bitter. Don't write off yourself for being bitter. It's really telling about your desire for God to do something. Shake off the bitterness. Pluck it out. Pull it out. Amen? So we did the stadium event together. Gets good, doesn't it? It was, it was the beginning of a fulfillment. We saw God's eyes were on the region. The fact that God picked Orlando as the first place for the nation, for the ministry of Reinhardt. Have you seen the results of what they're doing in Africa? Oh, God, do it here. Do it here. 70 some, 74 million souls, like within the last 10 years. It's not even the last 30. It's the last decade of this coming in. God, do it in America. And Reinhardt began to prophesy over our nation. Oh, God, yes, do it. I happened to go into Mexico to do another conference a couple weeks after we, we did this thing with Reinhardt. And there, while I was doing this conference, the Lord speaks to me. I'm preaching a sermon, and the Lord starts telling me, I'm about to pour something out in Mexico that's going to start here. The stadiums are going to be filled here. This was like a no-name kind of city. Nothing big had ever happened in this city. And... Uh, I start preaching this, and people were just, what? God's looking here? And I said, whatever he's about to do here, it's going to spark out over Mexico. They said, oh, wow, wow, wow. They kept inviting me back. They kept inviting me back because they were longing for that word again. Could you preach to us again that word about God's eyes being on our region? Don't you know that's all any of us want to know? Yeah. That God sees us? Yeah. That he wants to do something in our lives? Yeah. And so I'd go back again and again, and I'd just prophesy this word. One of the times I was there, uh, uh, the uh, house of prayer director, who was also the daughter of the pastors where I was speaking, said, hey, you want to go get ice cream? And I said, of course I do. And so we left the conference, and we're just driving. We're not in a, you know, this wasn't like some prophetic swirl. We're just doing what girls do, looking for sugar. And so we're looking, <laughs> we're driving. And she says, many people in our church have had dreams about you standing in the stadium, welcoming Mexico to come into the stadium. And I said, really? She said, yeah. And now she's tapping into my prophetic word. 
And she said, you want to go see the stadium? I said, yes, of course I want to see the stadium. So we drive up. It's like 7 o'clock on a Sunday. It's all locked, and there's a guard there. And uh, I don't speak any Spanish. I'm, my last name's Ramirez, but I'm white, white, white. I won't dance. It's a dead giveaway. But there, I walk up to the guy behind the gate, and I say in English, hey, I want to go in there. Can I go in there and see the stadium? And my translator says, this white lady wants to go in. And he says, uh, no, it's, it's locked. Right then, the owner of the stadium walked out. And the gatekeeper said, hey, this white lady wants to come into the stadium. And he goes, yeah, 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 come in. All of a sudden, we're walking into the stadium. I'm in this guy's office, and he's pulling contracts out saying, you, wanna, you want the stadium? You want to rent it? Let's sign right now. I said, I haven't even seen the stadium. I'm, like, trying to be cool. Plus, I had no money. So we walk down into the field, and I'm standing there thinking, God, are you giving this stadium? Fill the bowls. It's not just America. It's everywhere. Fill the bowls. Fill the bowls. And you'll pour them out. And there on the field, I began to, with this guy standing, God, we thank you for this field. We say, pour out your presence here. And God, expose it. Release it over Mexico. We thank you that you're giving this to us. And he's just staring at me like, what's she doing? I'm just in my own little prophetic world with Jesus. The next day, there was a pastor's meeting. About 70 pastors had gathered just to hear this prophetic word, which was just this. God's eyes are on you. He's about to do something in your region. He's not looking past you. He sees you. He has chosen this place. So there I begin to speak this prophetic word the next day, and I say, hey, oh, I'm forgetting the best part. We leave the stadium going, oh, my gosh, God just gave us the stadium. We leave the stadium to still go get our ice cream. And there, lo and behold, when we walk up into the plaza, they're doing a big cultural event, huge cultural event, and as soon as I walk up into this plaza, I hear a man's voice, and the Lord says, you have to speak to that man today. You have an appointment with him. I don't know who it is. I don't know what he's saying. I say to my translator, who's that man? And she said, oh, no. Please. No, Leah. And I said, well, who is he? And she says, it's the president of the city, like the mayor. It's the president of the city. And I said, well, we have an appointment with him. She goes, no, no. We don't, we don't have an appointment with him, Leah. He's not even a believer. And I said, the Lord says we have an appointment with him. I just start walking towards the stage thinking, what am I doing? What am I doing? What am I doing? Right? What am I doing? And there, he's on the stage, and I'm standing in front. It was all guard-railed everywhere. And I, I just say to my friends, he's going to come out right here and talk to us. I don't even know why I said that. Other than I was filled with faith. Right? When one thing comes into fulfillment, everything comes into fulfillment. That's why you're seeing fulfillment here in the place that you are. Lo and behold, five minutes later, he opens up the guardrail with no security and stands right there. It was ridiculous. I didn't even know what to say. My translator is suddenly filled with faith. And she says, sir, sir, this white lady needs to talk to you. She has a prophetic word for the city. She was, I think, 15 years old. La weather. And he said, okay. And I began to tell him, I said, God's eyes are on the city. In fact, the, region, the reason you've been put into position here is to welcome this move of God. 
He's placed you here that you would open the doors to Jesus for your city. And I'm looking him straight in the eye. He starts to cry. And he says, can I meet with you tomorrow? Will you speak to me? Can, I want to have a real sit-down meeting with you. And I said, yeah, cool. Like, I'm, I mean, I'm more surprised than anybody at what God's doing. That's, see, that's what you read in the book of Acts, isn't it? The apostles are the ones like, what in the world's God doing? He's pouring himself out on Gentiles? I mean, is this the plan? Cool. I mean, they are trying to play catch up with the Holy Spirit. And for the first time in my life, I felt like I was actually in a chapter of the book of Acts where you're just trying to, God, what is this? I mean, Peter was more astounded than anyone else when the Holy Spirit fell on Cornelius in his house. Peter was more astounded than Cornelius. And that's where I was. I was more astounded at what God's doing. The next day, the pastors were gathered, and they want to hear the word. I gave the word, and I said, but there's something more than prophetic words. There's fulfillment of prophetic words. And I began to share the story of what had happened with the stadium and what had happened with the president. And the place erupted. And what was supposed to be an hour meeting turned into a seven-hour meeting with pastors crying out. God, do it. Use my life. Use my life. Use my life. Do it now. Do it now. Do it now. We were suddenly caught up into the prophetic swirl of God for nations. And years ago, we did five stadium events there. Thing after thing after thing after thing. Fulfillment after fulfillment. Stadium after stadium after stadium where people are just giving them to us. George has a thing with buildings. I have a thing with stadiums. Recently, I'm almost out of time. Recently, a friend of mine who's been in a a prayer meeting, leading worship for the last 10 years in the Rio Grande Valley, we reconnected. And I said, well, what's the prophetic word on your house? Like, what do you guys pray for? 10 years is a long time. What's your word? And she said, uh... A million souls on both sides of the Rio Grande Valley, which means on the Mexico side and the South Texas side. A million souls from Brownsville all the way to Laredo to be swept into the kingdom. I said, what? That's your word? And she goes, yeah. It was like, I got to be part of this. That's a crazy word. For a house of prayer to be, right? It's not like, God, just bless our meetings with a little more spice. Just please, Holy Spirit, come in and like give some goosebumps and you know, no, 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 a million souls. I mean, this is massive. She tells me this prayer, and I'm like so caught into this prayer. I'm like, I got. Can I come there? Can I just come there? And she was like, I don't really know. I mean, it was embarrassing. I'm inviting myself to their meeting. And she's asking, and they're like, nah. I mean, it was like, but now I've seen too much. I've seen God move in such a way that I'm afraid to miss the call. Do you see what I'm saying? It becomes a risk to not be part of what God's doing. And so without an invitation, I showed up. Larry and I together, and then we arrived, and they said, well, I guess she can share at this meeting. I mean, you got to get used to pressing through on your word. Sometimes what it doesn't look like an open door is an open door in the heavens. 
You got to discern these things spiritually. And so there I, I show up at this meeting and I begin to declare the things I've seen in regards to stadium Christianity. And I said, you're going to see the same thing here. Stadium after stadium will be filled. You need to step into this work. You can't pray forever. The first decade's prayer. If the second decade's only prayer, you've missed it. You need to pray and step into it. And they just kind of nodded and said, thank you for coming. There was not a real resonance with what I was saying. And it's because of fear. I get that. About a year passed, she called me and said, I think we're ready to hear this word again. I'm going to set you up meetings from, from Laredo to Brownsville. I want you to come, and we're going to stir up this word and see what happens. That was just over the summer. Do you know how many stadiums we got in five days? Ten. That's insane. Ten stadiums. Just walking in and asking people to give us stadiums. <laughs> At the last prayer meeting, I shared this and I said, you need to go out. I, I can only be here for a week. You go out and begin to ask for stadiums. Ask people. Ask them to give it to you. And this lady, not a pastor in this prayer meeting, says, God, I'm so stirred up, but I don't know how to do that. She's in her prayer meeting, her, she's in her prayer time the next day, and she begins to cry out to the Lord, God, I'm willing, but I don't know anybody. And the Lord says, you need to go talk to the most wealthy man in the city who just built this stadium and ask him to give it to you. He'll give it to you. And she said, what all of us would say, please don't make me do that. <laughs> she said, well, if you send them to me, if you put them right in front of me, I'll ask him. And so she goes to work. She's a dental hygienist. She's at her work. She turns around, and who's there? The most wealthy man in all of the region who had just built a stadium. And she said, fumbling, just like we all do, this lady came and told us about stadium Christianity, and so anyway, will you give me the stadium to have for free and do a move of God and, you know, stuff like that. I mean, it was not cool. And the man goes, yes, I would love to give my stadium for that. Get with me for the details. Friends, I just want you to hear, this isn't about stadiums. This is about the prophetic word that's on your life. The prophetic word that's on the house. There's seasons in these things. It's got to grow. It's got to develop. And my heart goes out for all of the people who've so longed, who so believed, but they've been battered because of the process. And I, I'm here to tell you, the process is important. It gets all the pride out. There's no strut when you're walking into your calling. You've been pretty much beaten down to a pulp. It's by design. Because God doesn't share his glory with anybody else. He wants to pour in spirit. I want to speak to you today about recovering the prophetic word that's on your life. I don't know what that is, but you know what that is. This message may have even caused a little bit of pain as that's coming back up. It's good pain. It's healing pain. just want you to stand up. I'm going to pray for you. The word of the Lord is an unstoppable force, and it never returns to him void. The word of the Lord is an unstoppable force, and it never returns to him void. The word of the Lord is an unstoppable force in your life, through your life, and it will not return to him void. 
The word of the Lord is an unstoppable force and it will not return to him void. It will be fruitful in your life. Give yourself in every season. Amen. I'm going to pray for two specific groups of people. Those who've had a dream and you're in the bitterness of soul over the delay in the process. And you're just about to let it go. You're just about to discard it. And I'm here to breathe life into you. The Holy Spirit is here to revive those old dreams, those old words, those things that seem long dead. If that's you in a few minutes, I'm going to have you come up. I want you to kind of make your way to this side. And I also want to pray for those of you who are going, I've never heard anything. I've never heard a word ever. But I want to. I want to know what God wants for my life. I want to know what he has for my life. I want to. I want to. I've lost. I feel like I'm lost because I'm not hearing him. I'm not sure what to give my life to. Oh, beloved, God wants you to know. He wants you to know how to invest your life in him. It's why we're here. It's for partnership. It's for partnership. It's for partnership. It's why we didn't just get raptured when we gave our life to the Lord. It's unto partnership. These two groups specifically, dead words, asleep words, come here, come over here, come over here. They're going to be revived today. Hallelujah, hallelujah. You're going to conceive again, says the Lord. And those of you who you haven't heard anything, but you want to, come over here, come over on this side. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Today we're going to pluck out those roots of bitterness that have defiled the call of God on your life and even defiled people around you. Come on, come on. I know there's a ministry team here and... Let me just say, you're welcome to pray. We would love it if you pray. But if you need to answer this call, you can answer it too. And Larry and I are here to pray for you. Come on, come on. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Now let me just get you in a place where you're talking and dialoguing with the Holy Spirit. We'll lay hands on you. But it's the Holy Spirit who breathes life to these things. Telling you some of you need to put your foot on the barge. Some of you, the Holy Spirit has rolled into things that yesterday you couldn't move. There was no favor on it, but today, says the Lord, the Holy Spirit, the tide of the Holy Spirit has rolled into your life, has rolled into your life. And it's time for you to put your foot on the barge and begin to function once again in the calling that's on your life. Speak to the corporate words over this house right now the corporate assignments. I declare, George, George, RCC, you have a calling to Apopka and beyond. Apopka and beyond. Fill the bowls. Fill the bowls. Fill the bowls. Fill the bowls. God would make you a leader among leaders in this city and beyond. Holy Spirit, come. Breathe into these things in Jesus' name. Thank you for tuning into our podcast. For more information about us, please visit remnantchristiancenter.com.